Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are continuing our walk through the book of Isaiah. And we started last week with Isaiah chapter 6, oddly enough, because in that chapter, Isaiah depicts uh, his call by God to be a prophet of God. And so now we're beginning, really anew, with Isaiah chapter 1. And um, it's a tough beginning. It's a tough beginning. Isaiah, as we can best figure out from his writings, uh, was very connected to the royal and priestly court. He had high status uh, in those days. You can tell because of his connections, he's able to walk into the temple, he's able to walk into the royal courtyard, he has conversations with these people on a regular basis. He's highly connected. And it's got to be hard for him. God says, all those leaders, tell them they're wrong. Have you ever had to tell a friend that he or she was wrong? That conversation go. It's pretty rough. I was reading this week about Charles Barkley, a paradigm of spirituality, and Charles Barkley was saying about how he had he's not friends with Michael Jordan anymore. Because Michael Jordan uh, was president of operations for the Charlotte Bobcats, I believe, and Charles Barkley was saying how what a lousy job he was doing, and now Michael Jordan won't even talk to him anymore. Hard to fight friends. And that's what Isaiah is doing. He's calling out his friends. He's calling out his king. He's calling out his countrymen. He's calling them all out. It's pretty rough, though. And the words he has for them are strong and they're harsh. And when you read through Isaiah, there are a lot of strong and harsh words in Isaiah. I was thinking. That's the best way to introduce this book. This is the best way I can think. I'm going to tell you something today. It's going to be the worst news you've ever heard. <coughs> the absolute worst. The news I'm going to tell you right now is going to be devastating. You ready for it? Three words. If you hear them correctly, they will crush you. Those three little words are this. God is good. God is good. And not good in the sense of nice, or polite, or pleasant, or fun to be around. But good in the sense of altogether, holy, perfect, completely good. God is good. I suppose it's better than three other words, God is evil. That would be pretty hard to hear as well. But God is good? Tough words. Because if God is good, if he's altogether, wholly, completely, perfectly good, then we aren't. There are things in your life, there are attitudes in your life, that are not wholly, completely, perfectly good. 
And so how does God relate with us? How does a holy, perfect, good God interact with this unholy, imperfect, evil creation? How does he interact with us brothers? That's the message of Isaiah. But before he can get there, he's got to convince us that we really are brothers. That God is good. We aren't. He uses some incredible imagery here. He says, I've reared children and brought them up, but they've rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, the people whose guilt is great. He's saying this. Even animals have better sense than we do. Animals will return home. A dog gets lost, it'll find its way home once it gets hungry enough. But we, we don't. We keep searching for other things and other answers. Isaiah says, return home. Come back home. He, he gives this imagery as well. They forsaken the Lord. They spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured. Your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head. There's no soundness. Only wounds and welts and open sores. Cleanse or bandage with soup and olive oil. Country's desolate, your city burning with fire. Daughter's eyes left up shelter from the baby. The story. It's a story about um, how uh, Eskimos in Alaska will get rid of wolves in their area. They'll take a knife. And they'll cover it with blood and freeze it. And then they'll do that process over and over and over again until the, the blade of the knife is fairly encased in frozen blood. And then they'll leave the knife out. And a wolf will come by and it will smell the blood and it will lick the blood. And it'll keep licking and licking and licking. And pretty soon the wolf has hit the blade, but it's in such a free frenzy it will keep on licking, even though it's not licking the frozen blood anymore, it's licking its own blood. And the wolf will die. My friends, why do we keep licking the knife? We live in a nation, in a world, that keeps on licking the knife. Show it to you 
uh, when it did, because this how long. I was really sick yesterday. I wasn't sure if I was going to be here today. And so I thought, I need a long video in case Topper is doing the service today. But <laughs> pulled it off, broke it all good. We get all set and we have some Christmas show right now.
I need you to go back to that prison cell that I took you out of. Because there's a whole bunch more that need to know about me and my love and my children. Will you go for me?
Christ to overtake you. Suddenly, it all works. Because it's him imitating himself. And he's very good at being God. Thank you.